0: she's got a lot of No Fun, the Jen Kirkman Podcast, episode three, five, two. What are we going to talk about this week? Well, I'm going to talk about emailing with someone that worked at a company and I thought we were becoming best friends, and then they passed me off to someone else, and now I'm embarrassed. My weight loss update, which is really a weight gain update, what I did on my birthday, um, Sociopaths on Twitter And a friend asking me to go on vacation (laughs) During COVID And, uh, you know, and more Whatever comes up Listener emails All kinds of things What is this podcast? I'm Jen Kirkman I'm a comedian I have two comedy specials Streaming right now on Netflix I'm Gonna Die Alone and I Feel Fine, and the second one called Just Keep Living," they are now, as I said, both streaming on Netflix. I mention them because that's where you can go to see well-honed jokes worked out on the road over the course of years, every punchline intentional. But this is where you can come to hear a comedian show another side of herself, be herself herself. And just give a weekly monologue about what's going on In her life, in her head, maybe in the world Nothing is scripted It may be funny, but it is not joke per minute It is sometimes serious, but always honest and real Alright, well this is normally the part of the podcast where I tell you guys about my tour dates But I'm going to tell you right now There are no tour dates. I have canceled all my shows for 2020 because of the virus. I won't be on stage with you at all this year. Frown, frown, and even 2021, I've pushed my shows back to spring, and I have a feeling that I'm gonna be canceling those too. You won't wear masks or distance, and so forget me, touring, forget me, and go fuck off. Blame yourselves for all this, fuck off. I'd be willing to travel if you had taken this seriously. Trump is to blame, and so are local governments. Of course, it's not. What decor, so of course it's not all your fault, but I am telling you. At what point do we say the system's broken? Let's take responsibility and stay home if we can afford to, and if we cannot, then okay. Well, let's see what we can do to help those who can't get. Okay, what? Forget it! Forget it! Try to do a song! No tour! It's all been cancelled! No tour! It's all been cancelled! So join my Patreon's waiting for you! Patreon! Five bucks a month and sometimes 10 or 15 or 20, 25. Your choice. Join for a while and cancel and switch around the levels. It's up to you. But that is how I earn my living. I am not wealthy. If I were, you'd never see my face again. Oh, hell be. I would be in the... South of France or somewhere where I don't have to wear pants, but join Patreon. That's how you can support Patreon. I will not be on tour Patreon. I am waiting for you. (laughs) Okay. Patreon, that's where you can find me, patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. Sorry to the Patreon supporters who had to sit through that, and you're like, we're already here. I know, I know, but the podcast is for everybody, and I'm speaking to the people listening to the free version right now. On Patreon, you get the video version of every episode. You get bonus episodes every week, Uh, depending on what level you've joined at. Depends on how many bonuses you get. And then sometimes I just throw in extras that nobody paid for that you can just have. A lot of that is usually uh, stand-up from my sets over the years that uh, I recorded on my phone, on the road. Just little fun things like that. Or I'll make little videos and post them here that I won't post on Instagram or other places. So here we go. Let's get into the episode. Now, I know I was saying in that Patreon song that, you know, we should all take responsibility. Now, obviously, the best case scenario would have been taking the pandemic seriously from the beginning. And having some kind of national funding situation And, and be, you know, here's the deal And this is what I try to explain to my friends Who are going to restaurants I know it's a tough call because, look, they're open, right? And you're wearing your mask and you're distancing But, look, yeah, the whole thing is a disaster I don't want to get into the economy of, like, what states have funding From the national government, what states don't What states individually are a mess But let's just... My basic point is that if you work in the restaurant industry and the restaurant is open for customers to sit, you cannot claim unemployment. You are refusing work. So if we don't give restaurants a reason to open, if we stop going to them in person and we only do takeout, then employees can get unemployment. The, the people that don't have to go in anymore Now I know they might end up That's not enough to live on I'm just saying I don't have the answer But there's something so fucked up to me about The busboy has to go to work Most of the restaurant workers in California Are not rich Caucasian people So you might have this busboy That might live in a multi-generational family You might have a young girl who has roommates But, but these people are now They're on a bus and now they're going to work And now they're coming home Like That is not safe for them It's not just about the restaurant And then in the restaurant You don't have to wear a mask On your face In front of the wait staff What in the fucking fuck Is going on Don't Please don't get me started You're like we haven't You just started I know Don't encourage me Jen we're not we're, I'm actively turning you down I just put on HGTV I'm gonna wait <laughs> to See if you stop ranting Okay I'm done I just, I, the one, I just had a friend reach out to me You know a, I mean a big figure in my life But we're not hanging out every day I haven't seen her in a couple of years But she's like I got a big house On the east coast For a September vacation Now you should come This person that you know is coming There's People in my family Everyone coming is very serious about COVID Well how can that be If they're going to fly To a destination for vacation And this destination is no straight-through flight from where I live. So Two airports. My friend's like, no, no, no. I wear like a full body suit of armor. No, I know. Okay. But we're not getting off the plane and all self-quarantining for 14 days and then everyone getting tested. And then we all go into a house together. Is that happening? Then if that's not happening, then nobody is taking COVID seriously. Also, when you travel anywhere unnecessarily Or necessarily But anytime you go anywhere You take the normal risks of being a human So, I don't know You drive home from the airport Someone crashes into your car You get uh, need five stitches in your arm You go to the hospital You could get COVID there There's no need Just no one is being careful about it Who's willing to go on vacation Period, end of story You can be careful about it within your Limits, like I could be like, I'm going to have an affair. I'm married. My best friend um, that I work at the bank with, he's married. Now we're going to have an affair, which is in and of itself dangerous because we could get caught. It could hurt feelings. But within the bounds of doing something that is risky, we're going to be very safe. We're going to wait until our significant others are out of town. We're going to use a condom so that I don't get pregnant or that we don't spread diseases back and forth, but it's still risky. There are still things that could happen. One of our spouses could come home suddenly. Something could happen. One of us could, I don't know, start having a heart attack in the middle of the sex and then, I don't know, there's, someone's gonna find out. Or the condom could break, now I'm pregnant. Oh my God, the baby looks like your friend from the bank. I don't know Or you go and have an abortion And your husband goes We haven't had sex in four months How'd you get pregnant? I don't understand the abortion you're having So I, I'm just saying There's no You don't get to say if you're being safe If you're going out in a pandemic for fun You're not being safe Good night, goodbye, end of story Time is a flat circle <laughs> I just had to be Matthew McConaughey Okay, got that out of my system Everyone is unsubscribed to Patreon Everyone who listens to the free podcast Just went to Joe Rogan on Spotify No one's listening I'm here in my bunker by myself (laughs) I get it Ain't no one wants to hear what I'm saying anymore Uh, Losing it Loosing it So why don't I tell you what I did on my birthday Okay, Jen We'd love to hear that That sounds nice Does it involve ranting about COVID-19? It does not so there you go. Ah, oh. fucking, oh my God, my nose is so itchy. I'm to start freaking out. Okay. So what did I do on my birthday? I had a birthday on Friday, August 28th, Virgo. <laughs> Thank you. And I decided that I didn't want to you know, go have a Zoom party. I didn't want to do nothing. But it's always one of those things where you plan for your birthday or you plan something and the day comes along and you're like, oh, I don't really feel like it. I, I sort of had a stomach ache on my birthday. I ended up, the end of this story is I threw up on my birthday. <laughs> so I'll explain. So, okay. I, uh, my birthday was, you know, I'm going to eat whatever I want, blah, blah, blah. So I order cupcakes. I ordered these vegan bite-sized cupcakes. And then I ordered normal-sized, non-vegan cupcakes, just a couple. And the night before my birthday, I also had this grocery delivery. And I had, you know, all the makings of a really fun cheese plate. I had real cheese. I had fruits and crackers and hummuses and olive tapenade and olives and veggies. Amazing. It was a delight. I am a delight. So I, I made all that, wrapped it in surrounded wrap, put it in the fridge. And I decided my birthday is going to be coffee and cupcakes in the morning. And then we move into cheese plate. And I thought maybe a little rosé or sparkling at lunch. And then we move into that darker wine, you know, late at night. It would just be this, this just nice, you know, actually a birthday party longer than a normal party because what I said was I sent out an email to my friends and I said I want to do like 10-minute face times with all of you uh, Individually So write me back what time works for you and it was like between 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. So that's a 10-hour party You nor- normally not have a 10-hour party for yourself. So but the night before my birthday, I had a few cupcakes. I mean, tiny, bite-sized. And I had some wine, and I was like, I feel a little queasy. Now, again, you might go, Jen, you probably too much wine. Yeah, maybe. I had like two or three glasses, but that's not, that's a lot for me. Like, I couldn't do that every day. I would be just dehydrated all the time, hungover, bloated, whatever. But when I drink, like, yeah, that's about what I drink, and it's fine. I just went to bed feeling queasy. And the next day I woke up. And I still felt queasy. Like, I just don't know how to explain it. Queasy. You know what You know what queasy is. Maybe I'm a little hungover. So I, know I drank some water with electrolytes. I took, you know, I had some coffee. And I just went, well, I don't know. Maybe it just feels off to be eating rich food. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll just feel a little off. And I ate my cupcake. But I was like, honestly, I just kind of want to go to sleep. But I didn't. I, I, I powered through, I had planned my day around a cheese plate. I powered through and I never ended up doing the midday rosé, like the noon or one I was like, I don't know this queasiness, man, kept eating, kept eating. And then like four o'clock, I allowed the wine to open, had a glass of wine. And then something happened. Like my body was just in a weird place. I don't know how to explain it. Something happened where even though I was as full as a bull. The wine hit me as though I was on an empty stomach and had never had a drink in my life. Like, one wine, and I am the happiest drunk. Woof! I knew I just had a feeling if I opened the portal, this would happen. So now, a bottle of wine is gone. And that's fine. I can do a bottle of wine over the course of five hours. But it didn't sit right. And so, by the end of my phone call... My last phone call of the night, which was with my friend Todd Glass, which if you, (laughs) I'll explain that in a minute. I just went, you know what? I feel a little sweaty. I think I'll sleep on the couch tonight. And I'm sitting up on the couch and then I went, oh shit. And I ran to the bathroom and I puked. And then I was like, what the fuck was that? I, I don't have an answer. And I didn't love it, but it wasn't the scary kind of puking where... Once you puke, you're like, oh, I have the flu and it's not going to stop. It was a one-time puke. It was in my stomach. It was in my stomach. It was my stomach going, none of this, please. So I don't know if I ate too much. I drank too much. I did both. Something was going on. And uh, I don't know. Maybe my body was just like, this is 46. I don't think so, though. But, you know, that was that. And I'm back on Weight Watchers. I joined it last week and obviously took some time off for my birthday. Um, gained four pounds in 48 hours because that's how my body does. So, trying to lose that ridiculous like, party weight, uh, which is mostly water weight. And I'm back on the Weight Watchers. So, you know, I'm going to try to do it the right way, give myself eight to 10 weeks to get to my goal. It seems like forever, but, you know, at the end of the day, eight weeks is Halloween, and, you know, 10, 11 weeks is Thanksgiving. So, I still have plenty of time to get thin for the holidays. Um, Again, anyone watching might be like, you look thin. I look thin from the neck up, but there's a whole situation going on below. So thin for the holidays, or how about the weight I normally have been, my goal weight for the holidays, and uh, we'll see. And then that way, I, I just don't, I can't come out of this, you know, with extra weight on me, it's gonna make me nuts. And I've been saying it the whole time, but I've just, I've been approaching weight loss in a way that only works for me when I'm living a life, which is the intermittent fasting, which really only works for me when I'm so busy that I can actually stop eating at 6 p.m. Um, my friend, I just got a text from my friend, Dan, who was like, oh my God, I have your birthday, marked down as today. I fucked up because I just saw your original email. It's totally fine a couple people fucked up. But no one, uh, oh my God, stop texting. I, I'm so over my birthday, by the way. It was fine for two hours. I'm like, I get it. I got it. Even just people writing back and going, yeah, I'd love to FaceTime was like, oh, I'm loved. But it was literally nine hours nonstop. And what I loved is that my friends who are normally phone phobic wanted the most time. So I was like, on with my friend Sarah for like an hour on FaceTime. She normally hates the phone. I'm like, see, this is fun. Um, she got so comfortable. She was like, like, let me change out of my gym clothes. Like, hang on. She's like running around her room, like changing, like washing her face. <laughs> so then I get on the phone with my friend Todd Glass, comedian, podcaster, Todd Glass, the loveliest man on earth. And He's got this whole, like, he set up his room that he FaceTimed me from. Like, he had, like, all these, like, groovy lamps, and the lighting was nice. And he's like, go get a wet washcloth and put it in the freezer. And so I did. And then, like, six minutes later, he's like, okay, let's get our washcloths. (laughs) And he made me do, like, a cold washcloth on my face. That's what he would do if you come over to his house. He gives you a hot towel. He has a cheese plate out. So um, it was really a delight. But by the time... It was Todd time. I was so drunk that the next day I was like, I don't even know what we talked about. I'm sorry for anything and everything I said. So I guess that was a fun birthday. It really was not what I was planning to do. Like, I really didn't feel like getting drunk. But sometimes I have one glass and my body's like, this is what we're doing. So... That's what happened. I mean, I don't really have any like crazy stories about the birthday, you know, just caught up with some good friends and, you know, I don't know, just talked about all kinds of things. A couple of my friends are dating and, you know, I just don't, I mean, maybe I'll change my mind, but I have one friend who's dating and she met someone she really liked and they talked for a month and he was really respectful and he's taking COVID-19 as seriously as she is He wasn't trying to meet up You know, I saw this girl on Twitter who wrote I went on one hike with a guy And kissed him and now I have COVID And I'm like, I don't know this person Personally, but It was like someone retweeted her But this friend I know, she's like You know, he didn't even try to meet up for a socially distanced hike We waited like a month To even do that And then we really liked each other and we were like, so what do we do? So they went and both got tested And um decided, you know, they were both negative, And so they decided to hang out. Now that's where I want to ask more details, but my friends probably feel like I'm judging them. Like, okay, so you got tested, you drove through Dodger Stadium, administered the test. I know it can take a few days. So then you go home and you quarantine. And did he do the same? And you're positive you can believe this guy? You're positive. Because if he doesn't quarantine completely, completely, I'm talking not even go to the grocery store, completely. He comes home from the test and he doesn't move for three days and you don't either and you both are negative and then you both drive, someone drives to someone's house and then you hang out. Okay, but then, you know, so, but then in between hangouts, how safe are you guys being? Because the test only means that day, right? It's not an AIDS test where you, you get a negative And you're not going to risk getting AIDS unless you have unprotected sex with someone who has AIDS or share a needle with someone who has AIDS. And if you absolutely know you're not doing those things, you are safe. COVID is different. So I'm just saying a month is too early to be nagging someone in a relationship. Like, did you get the test? Okay, but did you really not go anywhere? Because I really didn't go anywhere. I need to monitor you. Twenty. I can't treat someone that way that I don't know that well. And I also can't trust someone that I don't know that well. And I also don't want to make exceptions for someone I don't know that that goes against everything I've ever taught, been ever taught or experienced for myself about dating is is, uh, casual and let's see if something happens. But but I don't put, and I don't mean just because they're men, but I don't put romantic partners before me in that way. I don't so I don't know it just seems weird to me I don't know my friend's happy I get it I trust her she's doing her thing I get it eventually I might have to do something like this I don't know but for right now I'm just like yeah it's a lot it's a lot I don't know I oh shit I wasn't supposed to talk about COVID well anyway that's what happened on my birthday So, okay, so I have a, uh, I was kind of glad, so I've ordered new furniture, I've been meaning to do it forever, and, you know, I was maybe going to do it this year, like right around this time, and, you know, sitting at home since March and staring at the same rooms every day, I was like, okay, I got to get this furniture, so I got new, um, like, dining room stuff kind of mid-century modern look. And then I ordered new uh, couch and chairs and they're all white, stark white. And I'm kind of glad they didn't arrive for my birthday because again, drunk drinking red wine. Oh, I know I would have ruined it. And I'm actually excited for the white couch and chair to arrive because I'm not going to allow myself to eat on them. And that might help the weight loss as well. So we'll see. I know I have other places to eat, but I so rarely want to sit at a table and eat. So here's the deal. So I order the white couches. Now you can order, it's it's this company that I really love. I'm not going to say it because I'm embarrassed in case they're listening. Although they know who they are. Whatever, it's fine. But you can order the furniture online and then you can choose to have it Delivered and all that kind of thing But I'm kind of an old lady about it So I wanted to call And talk it through with someone And my a friend of a friend Owns this company Or used to And he sold it Now he's just on the board Whatever But it's basically like a ton of gay men So I'm on the phone with this guy Let's call him Steve But that's not his name So this guy answers He's like hey You know Steve from blah blah I said, Hey, I'm looking to order this couch and this chair in white. And, you know, I, I already got the sample swatch. I'm I'm confident in the color. And he was like, Great. And I said, you know, I'm hesitating a little because I feel like if I have white furniture, it means that I have to have this. And then he finished my sentence, like straight woman, gay man, love at first sight. He said, like you're in some Scandinavian home and it has to be over simple. And I said, yes. And he said, no, you can mix and match anything. You can have modern things and antique things, and you can have white furniture with pops of color or, you know, it doesn't have to be minimalist just because it's white. Well, he really helped me make my decision. And so we kept chatting and he was telling me about his apartment and he's like, oh yeah, I've got this, you know, neon sign, but it's right next to an antique picture of my grandmother and it's underneath like a mid-century modern couch and it all just kind of works. And I was like, I so get it. And he lives in LA and we're chatting and, and it was just going great. And so he's like, look, when you order everything, um, I'm going to get the email confirming your order, and I'm going to give you free white glove delivery. So normally you have to pay for people to come to your place and deliver. Now, he wasn't even, he didn't even know me. He didn't think I was a famous comedian. He just, and I'm not calling myself famous, but you know what I mean. And so I was like, wow, this is my new best friend. (laughs) I mean, I'm like half kidding. So, he emails me the confirmation, and I'm like, you're the best. And he's like, send pictures when you get them. I'm like, totally will. So, you know, I get a bunch of different things. And one of the things I get first is this bar cart that I ordered for my dining room. And I put it together myself, and I took a picture and sent it. Now, I don't know if he meant just take one picture when you get everything, but I was like, hey, Steve. I put this together all by myself. You were right. It wasn't that hard. And he's like, looks great. And he's like, definitely send pictures of the rest. So, you know, I then got another piece delivered that was in a million pieces. It was way too hard for me to put together myself. And I wrote Steve back. And I was like, I'm so sorry to be a pain. I would never do this. But... I really can't put this together myself. It's too many pieces. It's too hard. I can't figure out the instructions. I mean, let's be honest. It's kind of not what he promised me at all. He's like, oh yeah, it'll come in four pieces, super easy. It was like in 20 pieces. It was like this giant, heavy wooden hutch that had these pineapples on it, or credenza, also for my dining room. So I said, "I, I also think the factory didn't ship me some of the screws and, and I think one of the legs is missing, which was true. So he's like, oh, okay, I got to forward you on to Greg in that department. And then, um, he forwarded me on and then Greg helped me out and got the right parts sent to me. And they sent someone out (laughs) to put it together for me. And, uh, then I wrote Dan, well, I mean Steve, back and I said, hey, um, just checking in on, oh no, I everything was put together and there was like the table and so I sent him a picture of the complete dining room and he never wrote back and the new guy Greg wrote back and was like, hey, I saw the email you sent Dan, I mean, I mean Steve, the dining room looks great and I was like, how did he see the email? And then I realized that everybody can see every email. And that I wasn't just privately emailing with this guy and that he got sick of me and just stopped responding. And now he never writes back. It's only this other guy. And then the other guy was like, Hey, by the way, I saw you in Austin two years ago, do your show. It was really funny. And I was like, oh, do you live in LA now or Austin? He's like, no, I lived in Austin for like 10 years. I'm in LA now. But I'm thinking because I'm a neurotic, ungrateful freak. Well, I've performed in Austin 10 times. why do he only come once? Why didn't he come last year? But I didn't ask that. He was already so nice to me. But you know, so that was cool. It was like, this guy knew my comedy and was uh, being cool about it. But I lost this other guy As a friend and I really think he was like This crazy bitch thinks we're actually friends And you know I'm going to be honest I kind of (laughs) did I mean I'm I hope you guys know I'm exaggerating I I thought that was going to be a much better story God that's such a disappointment I thought that was going to be a much better story Oh well Okay How about this How about the opposite of someone not writing me back? Do you guys, I call these people, well, they could be Facebook too, but I only do Twitter. Twitter sociopaths. I won't get a text from someone or God forbid sometimes my phone rings. I love the phone, but I like to make an appointment. Don't just call me out of the blue. That's insane. Someone will be like, oh, I just saw you tweet. So I figured you weren't busy. What? No, I tweeted something. Sometimes I set them on a timer. Sometimes I have tweets just in my notes section and I'll be like sitting there waiting for water to boil and I'll cut and paste it into Twitter hit tweet buy, shut the app that's it like it's I'm not on Twitter I just tweeted something 2 seconds not you know like um most of my day is spent working like trying to get work like writing a book pitch writing a script doing something, working on the Patreon, working on my relaxation classes. And I might just sit back for a second and just look up and go, I'm taking a 30-second break from work and then tweet and then someone calls and I'm like, that is insane. That is, and I know these are normal people in my life. That wasn't a good story either. These are just, you know what they are? Little thoughts, mini thoughts, micro thoughts. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. By the way everybody my relaxation classes are back for September every Sunday in September at 11 a.m pacific time and 4 p.m eastern time. Now I gotta admit when I first put the relaxed classes on sale for August it was like 60 to 90 people a class and now it's like 10 people. And I don't know if I've just reached everyone who was ever going to take one and we're done. Cause I was like, Oh, this could be a new job for me. I was really excited about it. And now like no one's (laughs) signing up and I'm like, God damn it. When am I going to find the thing? That's really my thing. So I encourage you to take them if you haven't taken one. Uh, the Sunday morning classes are relaxation for anxious breathers, breathers, not breeders. Um, I'm anxious because I can't stop having children. And then the 4 p.m. classes are more like a brain vacation and uh, muscle relaxation. So those are every Sunday in September. You can get them by going to JenKirkman.com and click Anxiety Bites. And then it'll take you to the website called Buy Me a Coffee where you buy them. They're 10 bucks each. 15% goes to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. And I started a new Instagram account, at Anxiety Bites Weekly, where every day I give a little bite-sized, maybe 60-second clip, or throw up some kind of, not throw up, but put up, post some kind of inspirational whatnot. So, there you go. Oh, do you know what I was thinking about today? All right, I'll tell you what I've secretly been doing after I tell you this. So... As you all know, um, I've got my Patreon, and at the thirty five dollars level, you get a special shout out where I talk about how you're my best friend and how we know each other. And I hate to have to say it, but these are made up stories. I got into a lot of trouble a little while ago. You all know the story. It was my own personal war of the worlds where people heard a radio show they believed it was true and mass hysteria ensued i told a made up story about how i gave someone a $30,000 tip once people in my family were mad at me for wasting money and followers were like i thought you said you weren't a rich bitch what the fuck but this week i would like to i would like t- what was that i just Am I a psychic who just has, like, people come through her? Like, I feel an Australian woman coming through. Is that your grandmother? She's coming through to me on my podcast. And I don't really know why. Can you tell her to stop? Thank you. My good friend Edward Hickey. Now. This is great. So Edward and I met. Oh, God, now. I think it was... 15, 20 years ago? No, it was 20 years ago. Um, we were in an acting class together in New York City. And you don't need to do those acting exercises if you don't know. If, if you're in an acting class, the teacher will sometimes say, okay, today we're not going to learn any acting technique. We're going to go and experience something. So he's like, Jen, Edward, we didn't know each other. He's like, I want you guys to go out and pretend that you're blind and walk around you know, close your eyes, put on sunglasses, and help each other cross the street, and let other people help you, and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is back when we didn't really think about if that was insensitive to do, you know, actually annoys people on the sidewalk. Um, And, you know, if you ever have to play a character that doesn't have sight, then maybe just, as the saying goes, act, you know, but Anyway, so we're walking around and after a while we're like, Okay, I, I get it. Like, close your eyes for two seconds and it's terrifying and 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 we're gonna go back and, and tell the teacher. And so you know, we uh, I said, Well let me I have to go to the bank really quick actually. This is, you know, way before there were tons of ATMs everywhere and so I went in to withdraw some money and Edward All of a sudden puts his finger Under his sweatshirt and goes Everybody this is a stick up And I died laughing because Everybody this is a stick up is such like 1950's slang For I'm robbing you Like a stick up Do you remember those things called stick ups They They were sticky And they were these plastic things And you would stick them under a surface And then turn them And they would release a scent Like you put a stick up Under something in your bathroom And it smells awful So I'm cracking up And people believed him And all of a sudden The woman at the bank Hits this button And these big gates come down And we're like oh my god And people are on the ground like don't shoot And I'm like Edward You're being crazy and he's like I didn't think anyone would believe me I'm like well now the police are coming And we're about to be you know convicted felons and by the way i didn't do anything but i'm here talking to you i'm sure there's a camera somewhere so edward's like well i feel so empowered as an actor that i'm not going to stop i want to see how far i can take it and i was like i can't believe this so we staged this Giant thing where I decide in that moment, I don't want to be part of this. I pretended that we were in a cult and that he was the leader and that he was taking me on my first bank robbery. And so, you know, I decided I don't want to be in this cult anymore. Anyway, the police eventually came. We were both arrested and, you know, they would not believe that Edward didn't have a gun and I'm like well do you see a gun and they're like well maybe he threw it somewhere but whatever he did even doing pretend guns is against the law and I was like well we're in a cult and I just got out and I'm gonna flip on him so I flipped on him and again we just made all this up the bottom line is Edward served two years in prison I got off because I flipped and I went back to the acting class and you know a week later of course and I got in trouble For not coming back To the class And I was like Did you not just hear my story Like Okay Whatever And so I didn't get a refund Anyway Edward gets out of prison And He has dedicated his life now To um, You know Working To stop people From Staging fake crimes It's an organization He started Called Stop staging fake crimes The SSFC and it's doing really, really well. And I, I'm proud of him because I don't, I don't know what happened to him that day. But, you know, as long as people get rehabilitated, they always have a chance of getting back into my life. So Edward's doing great. Um, he's married to a great gal. They have four kids, um, two dogs. They have a parrot. And yeah, they live in, um, you know, like a Key West, Florida. I visited once. I haven't seen them in a long time. And again, because of COVID, I can't see them. But Edward's a great, great person. And yeah, stop um, whatever I said his business was. That's going great. Now, the funniest thing is, Edward and I uh, were at the same wedding last last year. Actually, it was the last time I saw him. And, you know, we're both with, he's with his wife. I'm with my date. And, The woman getting married is is another Patreon subscriber, actually, Pamela Ryan. Well, Ryan is her maiden name. She was about to get married to Roger Johnson, but the wedding didn't work out. So what happened is, you know, I know Pamela a little bit. Like, she was just like a friend of a friend, and she wanted a really big wedding, so she invited hundreds of people. So I go to the wedding, and, you know, we're all sitting at the table, and, you know, my date's talking to Edward Hickey's wife. And so Edward and I are, are chit-chatting, and we're, you know, reminiscing about the whole bank robbery, in quotes. And I said, uh, you know, I still do love being kind of, uh, I don't know, there was something about flipping, fake flipping on you that day that was kind of fun. You know, there's something about. Investigating that I like So with that being said I went off to the bathroom And Pamela's in there And she's the bride And she's crying And I said, what's wrong? And she said, oh, I'm just so um, moved It's my big day And I wish my grandmother were here But she passed I said, oh, I understand And so she went into the uh, stall And she said, um, do, you, do you see my phone? She was yelling it from the stall And I said, yeah, it's right here in the counter She goes, don't touch it I'm coming back out to get it I go, don't be crazy I'll bring it to you Don't touch it and as I picked it up, I saw a string of text messages, dick pics, I mean craziness. And it was all from this guy um, named Bruce uh, Box. And I, Bruce Box was not her husband. She was about to be married to Steven Johnson. And I was like, oh, my God. And she's like, and she comes out of the stall and she's like, you saw it, didn't you? I'm like, look, I'm not going to say anything. You're having an affair. That's why you're crying, because you're about to get married and you don't want to. And so that's not my business, but I'll just tell you it's not too late to turn around. So I go back to the table and I'm like, Edward, you're not going to believe it. So I tell him and he's like, I promised to not help people commit fake crimes. I need to say something. I go, but she's not committing a fake crime. She's having an affair and she's about to get married in one minute. And here she comes walking down the aisle. This is not your business, Edward. I told you, because I thought I could trust you. So he runs up there. And he pushes the minister aside and he grabs the microphone. He says, Pamela is having an affair. And everyone gasps. And he goes, she cannot marry this man. And I was like, oh, my God, Edward, you're such a drama queen. So Pamela didn't get married that day. But guess what? This is this is total craziness. So. She actually found out that Bruce Box was not even a real man She was having an online affair with not a real person And when she went to report him You know, to the authorities She fell in love with one of the authorities And now they're together So Pamela's boyfriend They're set to be married when COVID is over So Pamela's boyfriend Roddy Dottie And Edward are now like best friends because they love to talk about all their like kind of they both think they're in the CIA Anyway, it's just crazy how life intersects, you know, and Pamela is a good woman She just wasn't in love and, you know, she got caught up She got caught up in this online affair So anyway, they're both some of my best friends and they're Patreon subscribers at the $35 level And I'm so grateful for them Thank you guys Ugh, anyway You can all join Patreon if you want, patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. So here's what I was going to talk to you about. Um, Oh, first of all, speaking of fraud, I am so into this new show. And everyone in my life who didn't tell me about it is in trouble. I told my friend Sarah Colonna last night, she's like, I really didn't know about it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm telling you, you'll love it. It's called Love Fraud, and it's on Showtime but I watch it through Hulu. Who care? They are they are all connected. I've got so many subscriptions. It's ridiculous. Write off, tax write off. That's what I say about anything entertainment. I'm in the biz. So basically, it's a docu-series TV show. It's true. It's about these women. I don't know where they are. are they Kansas City or something. All these women around sort of the Midwest-ish area. Who all ended up marrying this guy Now I don't understand How he was able to marry so many people He had different versions of his name But not that different It was like Robbie Now I'm Rob Now I'm Robert And he married all these women He was like married all at the same time He was scamming all of them It's very similar to that um, Dirty John thing But the reason he was married to these women Was to get their money So he'd be like His story was Oh, I had this accident, and I'm going to be worth $12 million come November 1st. Um, I really love you. Let's get married. And then, you know, he would marry you and then automatically want a joint checking account. He would want access to all of your money. And then he would rob you blind, and that was it. So all of these women found each other on this blog, and so... They can't find him And for some reason The legal system Is not working In their behalf And so they went To this female Bounty hunter Who's the baddest Bitch ever And they're like Can you help us And she's like I'm taking this pro bono She's got a wireless Bluetooth in her ear At all times She's smoking butts She's like wrinkly And gray And she's like I hate men Who abuse women I had an abusive husband And I'll tell you Now this guy Is not physically abusive He's just a money scammer. But she's like, if I ever see him and if he ever did that to me, I would slit his throat, watch him die, be happy about it. Like she's hardcore. But she's looking at these women. She's like, how did you fall for this? And they explain it. She goes, I get it. But she's also like, OK, ladies, it is. So And it was all these ladies over 40. They're single, divorced, looking for love. Bah, bah, bah. again, this is why I just I don't understand the online thing. I just don't. I just don't, I just don't, I just don't. I think the world is full of frauds. All it takes is one fraud to bring you down. Anyway, I love it. So I started watching it last night and I made the mistake of thinking they dropped every episode at once. And so I hunkered down for a good long binge and then after an hour, it was over and it wasn't going to the next episode. And I was like, no, I have to wait a whole week. That used to be my life, people. If you, if you growing up, you had to wait a week to see anything. And now I've become one of you. I can't take it, I can't sit in my own skin for a week. So I do this thing. Okay, this is my, there was an episode of. Sex and the City where Carrie talked about her secret single behavior, just things that like you just aren't going to do if you live with someone else, if they're home. And mine is that I I put on the I put on the smart TV and I bring up YouTube and I'll watch videos like the French woman's way to get dressed, you know, I'll watch all of that. I watch Fran Lebowitz speeches. I watch anything with Alexa Chung, who I love. She's like a British fashion person. And so this one day, it was just like Gwyneth Paltrow and Cameron Diaz talking. And I was like, I, I guess I'll watch it. I mean, I don't hate either of them. I, Goop is not my thing. I did watch the Netflix series. It was, was kind of interesting. But you know, I'm not, I, I, it's just not time for white ladies and their stuff right now. It' I get all the bad reasons, but let's just have fun with this. So I watch it. And Cameron's got this new sugar-free wine. And, you know, Gwen is excited. You know, at least there's social distancing. But what I found interesting is both of these women left acting to kind of be entrepreneurs in a way. And again, I get it. I get why a lot of things anyone does is bad. But there was something about it that was like, I totally get where they are. I'm in my 40s and decisions I made about what I want to do for a living do change. And, you know, like if I could teach anxiety stuff for a living or whatever, I think I would, you know, or uh, run a store. Like I th- I just picture running a store. I just think it would be so fun. I- and I mean, in the fantasy version, not like a real, you know, I get how terrible and hard it would be to run a store, but you just start thinking about other things you might want to do and when you're them and you have enough money to stop and start something new, you can't. But when you're like just kind of working as a writer and as a comedian, you can't really just give it all up because then you have no income. But I was just fascinated and I was like, why did Cameron Diaz stop acting? And I never looked it up. I don't really know why, but I find her to be a cool chick and kind of an interesting person. I don't think Gwyneth is totally my jam, but, I just like to give Cameron Diaz some love, and then <laughs> so that—that's not important. But that's something I wanted to say. Man, that is uh, not important at all. Okay, so somebody wrote to me. Ah! Oh, let's debunk something. I'm so tired of the tropes I see online. Like, peak 2020. What's so 2020? So there's this article going around. An asteroid is due to pass extremely close to Earth, just ahead of Election Day November. No, it's not. Clickbait. I clicked on it knowing that it's not extreme. NASA says this space rock poses no risk to our planet. There's asteroids zooming around us every five seconds, by the way. It's named 2018 VP1. It'll zoom past Earth on November 2nd, one day before Americans vote for the next president. And we're so um, up our own ass, like, it's passing by Earth, not the voting booth that you're in in America. Does that make sense? There's other things going on on Earth that day. So it's not like, oh, wow, this is meant to destroy the world before whatever, the election. It's like, no. Anyway. Anyway. NASA is working hard to calm fears of a potential collision. Well, they're trying to, but the, the news sources writing about them don't put in the headline that it's not going to come near us. By the way, I think if an asteroid hit Earth, wouldn't it be over so quick you literally wouldn't know it hit you? Why is anyone afraid of that? I don't, I don't get it. Um, asteroid 2018 VP1 is very small, approximately 6.5 feet, and poses no threat to Earth. NASA Asteroid Watch tweeted on Sunday It currently has a 0.41% chance of entering our planet's atmosphere But if it did, it would disintegrate due to its extremely small size Um, At the Caltech Observatory, they discovered the asteroid in 2018, hence its name Since then, they've struggled to track its location and trajectory because it's so small NASA researchers have been formally cataloging near-Earth objects since 1998, discovering about 19,000 of them so far. None of the known objects that could be potentially hazardous to the planet are on track to pass Earth in the near future. In fact, asteroids fly past us all the time, sometimes without us even knowing it. Just last week, an asteroid became the closest ever recorded flying within 1,830 miles of Earth. That is pretty close. That's like a flight, like, almost to Boston from L.A. Um, And scientists weren't even aware of of its existence until hours after it had already passed our planet. So there you go. Calm down, everybody. Uh, This listener email time, this is from Claire. She's commenting on my weight. Weight loss thing, subject not unsolicited advice Jen, so when you first talked about that thing Where you eat 500 calories every other day or whatever it was I was like, oh that sounds doable, I can totally do that I normally have a smoothie almost every day So I was like, I could just have my smoothie and it'll be great Then I added up the smoothies, calories in my smoothie And it was 1200 Anyway, needless to say, I have not lost any weight And I'm still having my smoothie every day, Claire There you go There you go, everyone check your smoothies. You don't know what the fuck's in there. Uh, Jen, I decided to write you a little letter of appreciation. I stumbled over your Insta channel and watched your stories and the way you handle the current crisis really resonated with me. I myself am suffering from anxiety disorder and depression and I'm also sheltering all by myself. Again guys, let's stop calling it suffering. Even if you are suffering, let's call it I'm experiencing. You don't have to suffer. And even if you are suffering, why say it? Why keep affirming it? You know, we say we suffer because we want people to believe how bad it is. But I think it can, it can, I think just I'm experiencing anxiety. Anxiety sucks. I, I just, for me, I don't say suffer anymore. Um, I've been extremely careful with COVID for six months now Even as many friends become more and more careless Guys, look, I I wasn't going to talk about it anymore But she emailed me Uh, So I really understand your perspective It is hard sometimes, it is lonely But seeing you turn all this hardship into something connecting Into a community through your Zoom classes and stories and newsletters gives me hope There are so many unsung heroes of this shit show and you're one of them Well, that's really nice I know the strength it currently takes to even get up, get chores done and basically survive this. And you still muster the strength to, live, to lift others up, offer an island of peace within the storm. But I gotta tell you guys, it's not a struggle for me. If it were, I probably wouldn't do it. I didn't do shit for anyone during the year of my really hard breakup when I could barely fucking get out of bed for the first two months. So I'm telling you, it comes easily to me because of all the work I did already. And that's why I'm doing it. I, I'm not a great person. And I'm fairly lazy, so I do shit if it comes easily to me. I, I do stuff that's hard. But um, if I'm offering it, it's because I have time and it's coming easily to me. Now, the struggle I'm feeling is why aren't more people buying my classes? <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm glad people are getting something from it. But please don't... It's, it's interesting that even... And this is the kind of hardcore psychology that I don't get into in my relaxation classes because it's not my place. But we know if we if we notice the subtle ways that we project onto people, even when we are projecting good things, that we project, oh, Jen's struggling. This is hard for Jen. So she, and it's like, if you're projecting that on me, when I've said, this is easy for me, that's why I'm doing it. Like what other mythologies are you creating in your own mind all day? And that's why meditation is so important. You can calm your mind for 10 minutes a day and you start to see like asteroids, the thoughts that are whizzing by your brain, your planet. And you go, oh my God, is that how I talk to myself all day? So I just wanted to say like, I'm not trying to be modest. I'm really saying like I bristle when people project because um, it means that somewhere they're They're still filtering it through their own experience and not listening, which, you know, we got to kind of be a little bit, just a teeny bit tough love on ourselves. And we're taking care of anxiety, which is like, you know, my new thing is uh, I'm big. I don't have time. My new thing is if I don't meditate one day or do anything, I say, I I don't want to make time because it's honest. And it actually gives me some control. Like, okay, so if I end up feeling bad later, I'll go. Because I didn't want to make time. Not to shame myself, but to be like, oh, that's that's just how it, one and one equals two. But if I go, I feel terrible and I didn't have time, then I feel overwhelmed. And why is my life so busy and everything's horrible? So they're just ways that we need to kind of keep it more real um, in order to heal. Keep it real in order to heal. Okay. Anyway, I know I sound like I'm shitting on someone that was being nice to me. I'm really not. But So thank you and keep on fighting the good fight A warm virtual hug from Germany Martina, thank you Martina I know you can handle it tough I'm also German And uh, come on We got tough blood in us Uh, And I don't mean Nazis But you know, that's part of it too But also there were German Jewish people So they're tough too Let's hope that that's what my heritage is Even though I'm not Jewish I can't have been from Nazis But I kind of have a bad feeling Okay. Oh, um Watched a great documentary about a a couple. Of course, I forget their name. They were from the town next to where I grew up. They're from Wellesley. I grew up in Needham. They left. They were these Unitarians that left the town of Wellesley to literally Hitler got elected. And six years later, they're like, well, we're going to Prague and we're going to help refugees and get people back to America. They were helping Jewish people leave and uh, they almost got fucking killed. But they both remained alive. But they got back to the States. And the wife was like, I'm divorcing you. Like, I kind of found myself. It's kind of a great story. Wish I remembered the name. I think their name was the Sharps. So just Google that. You'll find it. Um, this is from Jill. Jill. Oh wait, no, this is from Fred, sorry Jen, I just saw your Instagram story And like you, I am so psyched for Matthew McConaughey's new book Guys, he's got a new book called Green Lights Coming out in October It was so funny, he posted This happens all the time He posted something the other day He has these flip-flops that say just keep living So when you step in the sand It leaves an imprint that says just keep living And everyone was like Tagging me and sending it to me on Instagram Which you never have to, I follow him And people were like, haha Oh, my God. And I'm like, no, I'm not making fun of him. I got a tattoo unironically. I like Just Keep living. It's helped me. I like Matthew McConaughey. No irony. And then some people are like, when is he going to admit that he stole your thing? And I'm like, when are you going to admit that you didn't listen to my fucking... Why do I even... As my friend Chris Frangiola and I say, why do we try so fucking hard to come up with clever things to say when nobody's fucking listening anyway? Not one person remembers that I said in my special, I am stealing Just Keep Living from Matthew McConaughey. It's not the other way around. On what planet would it be the other way around? Okay, anyway, Jen, I've probably said this before, but I'm a bookseller, and the day I saw the announcement about Matthew's book, I pre-ordered it before accomplishing anything else and thereby received enough dopamine to make it through my shift. People who don't like him don't make any sense to me. He's just like a chocolate, chocolate truffle in human form. Jesus Christ, these, quote, progressive people. I guess he's changing topics. So many whiny, tantrum-throwing, overgrown toddlers who don't like Biden-Harris. I got into an argument with a coworker about it because he tried to make a false comparison between Trump and Biden. One of my longtime Twitter mutuals said I was a condescending prick for asking him what his plan was since he refuses to vote for Biden. I fear that it's idiots such as these that will get Trump a second term. And from what I can tell, most of them are of the feel the burn ilk. To that I say ick. On a personal note, I tried a foray into makeup and it didn't go as well uh as the one in which liza minnelli's soul temporarily merged with mine i'm going to have to watch some tutorials or look at pinterest boards or something i don't know how much makeup i'll wear in my everyday life because this town and several of my family members are super homophobic they or i don't even know if it's necessarily homophobia they just know on a deeply subconscious level that they will never be as pretty or interesting as i am and my presence makes them have to question their own Deep-seated mediocrity. Hashtag jealous. Am I right? Nothing like a gorgeous and witty gay to make basics have an existential crisis. As always, wishing you light, laughter, and love from your Patreon peep and eternal no-funner, Fred. Thank you, Fred. I don't even get me started on liberals who won't vote. I can't. I can't. I can't, and I won't. Maybe another day maybe another day so this is someone talking about how madonna was tweeting like conspiracy theories about covid and i was like guys she thinks she's on the right side of things like please just let her be she took it down i don't know can we move on this is from jill jen thanks for the madonna bonus on your patreon oh madonna and rich people and the end bit about cringing so hard to that special about breakfast club that it feels like fitness oh yeah the breakfast club was the um Documentary I watched about Madonna the part about the brain of even the best comedians and creators slip in it's so eerie I like to think I'm good at my job that my knowledge and people skills are slick and well honed I've been doing my job in my field for 30 years. I like to think I can read people but everyone slips I've definitely lost a certain edge people are coming back in person to the library where I work and I feel like a noob at what I do Feels foolish at times. We're falling all over ourselves to pay heed to the way we do things, equity. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Portland has been a booger of a place these past few weeks. It's raw and sensitive about equity. People are super guarded about what they say and feared that just under the surface, they'll be incorrect. Maybe when things go back to normal, it will be good to have the pace of life speed back up again, so there will be less focus on each individual mistake or falter. I love the way you do your mother's accent. Is it Corona or does everyone just slip past a certain age? We've all severed a live gap between creator and audience. Has that hastened the slide? Madonna now is just blathering tone deaf stuff about types of people. Do I care? Maybe she's just rich enough to say whatever. Did we lose our respective ability to read people? One of the things I identify so strongly with you is that we may still love an artist hard for their art even when they go off rails of acceptable brackets people experiment lose their way make huge faux pas it takes risk-taking and courage to screw up or test things or fail i know sometimes their heart is in the right place but when it strays past the correct thinking it seems plausible to still love their art some people get cancelled and it's a noticed no there's a lean and hungry bunch of offense takers I watched Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones, and it is so fucking good precisely because comedians can't be sharp if they're not offending someone a little bit. Ah, it's interesting. I hated that special, and it wasn't because I was offended. I thought he didn't make any of his points in a funny way, and it was an ode to Louis CK. Uh, I like when Dave Chappelle talks about race. I I don't like when he talks about much else. Um, Artists, writers, and comedians, including you, have that liberty to wade out in those waters. Sort of. I don't really. Um, I still appreciated Michael Jackson, Brian Ferry, Morrissey, David Byrne, uh, Tatum O'Neill, Susie Sue, Robert Downey Jr. And they don't have to explain themselves to me. They may have made mistakes, but it's like they say, if you don't offend, oh, Google, what is that saying? Uh, here's the random quote from google people get addicted to feeling offended all the time because it gives them a high being self-righteous and morally superior feels good yes that is from a book that my friend morgan murphy actually loves and i forget the name but for me it's not that i'm offended by people i'm just like that isn't that's just not for me and so i don't crave to hear what they say anymore you know um anyway it could be age everyone's brains age Madonna, I don't know, spouting conspiracies about the virus, though it's a dangerous thing rather than a petty offense. Fascinating frames for me to consider after this bonus tonight. Thanks, Jill. Well, hey, guys, I'm glad the bonuses have got you thinking. Um, So if you're not a subscriber, this week's bonus, uh, the first week of September... Will be about Brad Pitt's new girlfriend She's 27 Oh, do they ever learn? The answer is no So if you're Patreon subscribers That'll be released on Wednesday 20 minutes of that Ranting and raving I'll be doing audio only And for people listening out there In the world for free Patreon.com You can join For $5 a month And get One 20 minute Bonus episode a month Among a few other things And the video version So there you go oh, Everybody If you want to write me It's Iseemfun At gmail.com Whether you're on the Patreon or not That is the way To get me something To read on air And as always If you purchase Anything from my Merchandise store Go to Jenkirkman.com Click shop 100% of the money That they let me keep I donate to Fundthefrontlines.org We've earned over $1,600 from them already. They get healthcare workers, the PPE that they need. If you are watching on Patreon, this sweatshirt, women are literally humans, is available on my Patreon. I mean, on my uh, merchandise page. And I don't really know what else to tell you. Until next week, have fun.